Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to another T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. Dave Pendleton. Hi Dave, how are you doing? Very, very well, you? Yep, good thank you mate, good. All nice. good. Nice. Weather could be better this summer. Uh, oh, I don't know. You got a nice rosy forehead today. Yeah, so I think you must have experienced something over there. Yeah, weekend. well, I did the old classic. Uh, it was cloudy and overcast at the weekend, and I was at a festival. Uh, and as you know, with these things, you spend all day in the open air thinking, well, it's it's not very good weather. And then I woke up the next morning, bright pink, in usual British fashion. So yeah, a bit sore, but hopefully we'll get a good run at it soon, mate. In terms of the uh, British summer, is it beer rash? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so, rather than us talk about our weekend, we wanted to jump in and uh, and record a hubcast. And one of the uh, areas that we sort of, uh, you know, we just looked at recently, Dave, in terms of where we were pretty light on the hub in terms of uh, content areas was the uh, customer experience stroke customer service area. We've got a huge amount of uh, content on the hub in terms of pathways and and videos, etc. But we just wanted to jump in the Hubcast room and talk about something. And I challenged Dave this morning to say, come up with something that you are delivering quite a lot at the minute, which is proving practical and beneficial for customer service agents, advisors, managers, etc. So I think we're going to call this, Dave, the three major customer service Contributing factors towards poor service. Contributing factors towards poor service. Thanks for that, mate. You bailed me out there. It's the three major contributing factors towards poor customer service. Now, we're not trying to be negative here, and we're not putting a negative slant on it, but what we're saying is there are many contributing factors to both good and bad customer service. But what Dave observes quite a lot in organizations who he works with is the same big three sort of, mm. you know, happening correlations. Yeah, happening yeah, time and time again. So we want service uh, per- personnel and teams to sort of listen to this and think about, are we falling foul of this in our organisation? And if so, what can we do differently? Is that fair to say, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as well as highlight what those three major contributing factors are, we're going to give you a couple of nice little easy takeaways that, that's going to help you in any of those situations. Awesome. Love it. Right. So where are we starting with this, David? We're just going to jump in and start with number one, the first major contributing factor to poor service that you observe in organizations. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess these are the three in no particular order. Okay. Neither is more important or less important than the other. Um, and the first one is emotion. Uh, the reason I've said emotion is because quite frequently businesses that we work with in terms of um, customer service teams and, and um, upskilling customer service teams um, they will send customer service call recordings in advance as we sales and so forth. We, you know, we do the same with sales, don't we? Um, just so I can get a flavor about the type of language people are using, the type of situations and scenarios that customers are calling in with, you know, is it the process that's stopping service, you know, whatever it might be, just so I can get a real, um, I, I guess a bit of background. So when we deliver the insight and training, we can position that, relatively accurately into their world yeah yeah so when you say emotion then um give me an example of what you mean well i mean the, the first place to start is clearly that that customer service people have a very very hard job because uh, probably 90 percent of the customers that they ever deal with 
are cheesed off in some way or another to some level or another. I mean, very rarely does anybody phone up a customer service team and say, hey, just giving you a quick call. Everything's great with my service. You're completely Delivery amazing. <laughs> uh, you know, this is the best service I've ever had. So thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, it's usually the polar extreme. So therefore, what you're saying is the sometimes people forget that customer service advisors and operatives are human beings themselves. And if they are for a period of time constantly on the end of, of in all in, intensive purposes, attack or criticism or, you know, somebody who is, uh, disgruntled at you mm. or your organization, mm. that can take its toll on you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Your, your emotions can, yeah. can yeah. become elevated and you become counterproductive in your mm. ability to deal with customers. Absolutely. Because there's only so, so much you can take as a human being, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some, some of the very best customer service people I've that I've ever come across and had the privilege of working with understand the difference between the emotion and the situation. Uh, and... Uh, and unfortunately, I guess this is why I've started with emotion is because lots of customer service people that I do work with, as you well know, that they are triggered very quickly because the customer is on the, the offensive. They are potentially on the attack. They are emotionally elevated. So, uh, you know, from the other work that we do around the chimp and the chimp paradox, you know, what's the very first thing that we do? We defend ourselves. Yeah. We defend our position. And even though that might not come across on a call because you're still mindful professionally that you're a customer service agent representing this company. So sometimes it don't come across as a how it would with your friends down the pub or a family dispute. Yeah. It can come across as sarcastic, as yeah. defensive, Prickly as or, or, or negative, unempathetic. Or, yeah, you know, or a bit withdrawn because yeah. you know that's that's one of the other symptoms of, of high levels of emotion. People withdraw. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's so. Are you saying therefore then the, the big three the um, the emotion or letting your emotions get the better of you or become out of control is probably one of the most common, you know, uh, flaws of customer service advisors out there. It's certainly one of the three that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah. And that's whether, whether customer service handlers get too emotionally involved uh, and can become negative towards the customer because the customer has been negative towards them, mm. which is understandable. Yeah. Um, they can either withdraw which in either case, it doesn't. It's not it going to solve the problem. Customer, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't help them either. So, um, what is your simple tips? I mean, because we could talk about this all day long, yeah, and it isn't easy, no. right? We're all no. human. It isn't easy. But what are your simple tips on how to? First of all, you've got to recognize when you are when your emotions are becoming elevated or mm -hmm. counterproductive. Absolutely. So, recognition is the first part. Yes. Second part, what do you do? Well, yeah, absolutely. And we, we talk about this in the session with the with the Chimp Paradox all the time. Um, so I think I think essentially you've got to understand, and this is before even starting to manage it, you've got to understand that emotion, you dealing with other people's emotions and your own are part of the job. 100% part of the job. Yeah, I get it. An inbound customer experience call handle, if you like. So, So I guess that's the first thing to come to terms with. So you're saying acknowledgement there. Yes. Acknowledge that you're going into a role designed to potentially press your buttons and trigger your emotions. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're sure. going to be on the end of problems and disgruntled customers. You know, A lot of the time. If you go into yeah. the job thinking that, no way can anybody speak to me like that, then you're going to have a tough time, right? 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you've got a mindset like that, you will behave like that. And that, that creates the poor experience for a customer. 
Cool. All right. That's, that makes sense. So, so I mean, there's there is there is um you know there's a a, a short um a tool that we use, I guess. Uh, what is it, an acronym? That's right. That's the right word. Isn't it? Yeah. An acronym. LAST. Right. So the thing, the, the very first thing you've got to do when you are listening to, I mean, any customer, regardless of whether they are emotionally elevated or not, but particularly when they are emotionally elevated, is you've got to listen to them. So, so just to, before you go into this, Dave. This is because I think this is gold dust for any customer service yeah, advisor right. listening. So there's an acronym LAST, L A S T, and this is the technique you would use if you feel to, to allow yourself to not be dragged off in an emotional direction or emotional state. So go on. Yeah. First one, the L of LAST is listen. Yeah, absolutely. And that's particularly important in any customer service situation, but particularly when people are emotionally elevated. So because, the, the, you know, we, we all, we've all worked on on techniques where, where we allow the customer to vent, mm. where they allow we allow them time to air their frustrations, their perspective, their opinions, talk to us about whatever has gone wrong. Now, the really important part about listening is we, we have to, as we say, listen with the intent to understand and not reply. Mm. Because just saying that every customer is going to be the same is, is unfair on the customer and it's going to make your job harder. So you've got to listen really quite intently to everything the customer says because you might just hear a golden nugget that's going to help you with this possible solution later. And even though for some people in this moment you want to speak, right? You want to chip in, answer, and, and, answer yeah, the question, fight or, your or talk, fight your corner, <laughs> fight your organization's yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That those customer service advisors or professionals who can remain and consciously say, "Listen, I want to talk, and I want to, I want to answer that objection, and I want to put you right or straight." Those who go no. I have to listen. Correct. In this moment, Absolutely. I understand the importance sure. of listening. And it and it takes some discipline and some practice yes, because does. you're yep. humans, right? And you Absolutely. wanna you want to interject and say, No, 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 Mr. Customer, You've got it that's wrong. not true. That's not how it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it might not be how it was, but that's how it was from the customer's perspective. So listen. And that's the only perspective that's important at this time. Like it, Dave. Okay, what's the A in last? Well, immediately after you've allowed the customer to, to say everything they're going to say, uh, and, and we know because of some of the, the sort of neuroscience and psychology stuff that we do, that if somebody is emotionally elevated and we let them talk until they've got nothing else to say and they've almost run out of steam, they feel better. Mm. Instantly, they feel better. So allow them freedom to do that. But then the very first words that come out of our mouth next and potentially some of the most crucial words that we can use in the call because it's the words that will set the tone for how the call continues. Now, this is going to be a little controversial because the A in last is for apologize. Now, when I say that in a room full of people, you know, there's always somebody who puts around them and say, so we're supposed to apologize for the customer having a go at us. No, that's not what we're apologizing for. So we're supposed to apologize because the customer wasn't in and missed their delivery slot. No, that's not what we're apologizing for. And it takes a little while for them to, to actually get to the right conclusion where all we're apologizing for is how this situation has made them feel. That's it. We're not talking about the parcel, the sofa. We're not talking about a product or service. We are talking one human to another human and we are displaying genuine human empathy. Mr. Smith, may I first start off by saying I am really sorry for the way that this situation has made you feel. Love that. I totally understand 
why you feel this way. I love that. Because for many that don't want to apologize, even the thought of an apology uh, is positioned in their own mind around the fact that they're personally apologizing, like they've done something. And that's not the case. That's not the case. You, you've got to, as a customer service advisor, you've got to remove yourself from, from the situation, but still apologize for the way the situation has made them feel. Correct. It's Absolutely. not you apologizing, saying I've done anything wrong, or no. at this moment in time, I can even, uh, you know, establish who's done something wrong. I'm just apologizing for the way this Correct. has made you feel. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And, and that that sets the tone for the for the next you know, five minutes, ten minutes duration of the call, whatever. Well, it, might it disarms be. them. It just sort of brings them back down to it. if they're elevated themselves emotionally. Yeah. Hopefully, it just brings them back down sure. a level so you can deal with their human brain and have a more rational conversation. Yeah, absolutely, and, and guaranteed, <clears throat> the customer will will if they've ever heard it before, it'll be absolutely few and far between. So, just the very fact that you've said that will actually make them pause and think, "Hang on a minute, a customer service advisor apologising." for the way I feel. This is unusual. Do you know what I really like? And I'm thinking of a few examples now of where I've been on calls where customer service advisors have actually said, I'm sorry, Mr. Johnson, for, mm. for what's happened or for the way this has made you feel. Instantly followed by, let's see if we can resolve this for you. Absolutely. So when someone says to mm. me, I'll do my very best or let's see if we can get this fixed for you, I go, great. You believe them, right? Yeah, absolutely. 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 Sure. So the L is listen. Listen yep. with the intent to understand. Mm -hmm. Not just waiting for your turn to talk. No, absolutely not. A is apologize. Yes. And it's not an apology that you've done something wrong or your company has at this point. Mm. You're just apologizing for the situation the mm. customer finds themselves in. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Because, I mean, once you investigate the full situation, it might well be that your company or the products or service that you, that you uh, provide to the customer has, in fact, done anything wrong. Yeah. So why apologize for it in advance when you don't need to? Yeah. Or it might be that you have. Either way, well, it might be that we have. Absolutely. Either way, the situation is still. You've got to be empathetic with the customer, Correct. right? Okay. Yeah. So what's the S? Moving it on. Well, the the S sort of you know skips forward really towards you know the middle to towards the latter end of the call, which is around solving. You know, we we really need to do our, our very very best to solve whatever problem the customer has. Now, there are different levels of solution because. You know, in a very real and fair world, the solution might not be as obvious as, as other solutions. There might be a little bit more investigation we need to do. We may need to look at notes. We may need to speak to other people. We might need to speak to warehouse, logistics. There could be a whole bunch of stuff that we need to, to gather information and data from before we can actually solve the problem. But what we have to do, a little bit like you just said there, is we have to communicate to the customer that we are about to start solving the problem for them. Yeah, yeah. And what, I'm putting you on the spot here, Dave, but I'm sure you're rounded well enough to sort of have the answers. What's an example of good communication in terms of you've, you've, you've listened, you've, you've acknowledged, apologized, uh, you're moving into the solution part of the conversation. Yeah. What's the type of language you'd expect? I mean, you're always talking about forward thinking language, which yeah, is solution focused, but yeah. what, what's the type of example you would give on how good customer service would make that transition into that part of the call? Well, well, a massive, a massive part of this, because as I said, there are there are different uh, levels of, of solution. Some some things we might be able to sort straight away, immediately, and if that's the case, then brilliant. Other times we might not. But but certainly, there's a few words that I would pick on here. Things like um, integrity and setting expectations. You know, because frequently I've been dealing with a customer service person who hasn't got all the facts and figures. They don't know all the details, and that's fair. I totally understand that as a, a disgruntled customer. 
but it's when they say to me, I don't know enough about this, so I'm going to have to investigate it. I say, okay, fine, no problem. And they say, I will get to back to you by four o'clock today. I say, okay, fine, no problem. Four o'clock comes and goes. Four o'clock the next day comes and goes. And I have got to spend time out of my day yet Ringing again back, calling yeah. in. Yeah. And what they don't understand is that I'm already emotionally elevated. They've set my expectations. They've let me down once again from my perspective. So all that's happening to my emotions is that they're re-elevated. Yeah. So when you move into the S, the solution phase, I think what you're saying is we've got to try our level best to uh, to sort and resolve there and then. Yeah, we're However... If we can't, for any reason, there yeah. has to be some cast iron integrity and commitment Absolutely. around, yep. I'm not going to put you out any further. 100%. I am personally going to do this yep. Um, yep. And, and fulfilling it. Even if we get to the four o'clock that day and we recontact the customer and say, I'm not much further on, but I'm, I'm let, still on it. But I'm letting you know. Don't Absolutely. worry. Yeah. I told you I would phone you back by four. So I'm phoning you back just to let you know I'm not any further on. However... This is where I am and this is what I'm And I the problem comes in, in many customer service centers, Dave, as you know, the problem comes is with the ticketing system and the, you know, if if the original person takes the incoming and they can't solve it there and then, so the ticket is ongoing and outstanding and then the shift change happens and someone else picks that up, you've got different people dealing with the same issue and there's no continuity there. So well, do you believe yeah. that in organizations, the way you're set up and the way you empower from a systems and processes perspective, your customer service agents to deal with the same person or to resolve quickly is really important, isn't it? Mm. But even to your point, if that person was going off shift at four o'clock and it was like, I'm just ringing you back. Yeah. Because it's not resolved yet. But listen, That's I've right. left a note on my computer. Correct. Sam is coming in and is going to be taking mm -hmm. over me. And I've left a note for him to pick this up and give you a call mm -hmm. first thing in the morning. Absolutely. Even just that courtesy of continuity on the solution is important, right? Yep. And I'm back on at 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And I will call you to see how much further on we are. Yeah. Just some, you know, some ownership. Some real but, ownership. But the S is is moving into the solution. Yeah. You firstly listened. You've then apologized for the situation and acknowledged. Now you're moving into the solution. And that, could, like you say, it can be an array of different things. As yeah. oh God, it can be anything. But that integrity and that will to make sure that you drive the solution for the customer is key. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess um, I've got another sort of service cycle type scenario that will uh, we'll dig a little bit deeper into the S, into the solution. Okay, let's move this on then. So the T. The T, T uh, stands for thank. Now, w when I say to, to people in, a, in a, a training situation, we must always thank the customer for getting in touch with us. People instantly raise their hand and say, Dave, are you saying that I should thank somebody for shouting a scream down the phone at me? <laughs> and I say, well, listen, we're not thanking them for being irate or aggressive or... You know, however, in an extreme scenario, this customer has been with us. What we're doing is we're thanking them for getting in touch and talking us through a very specific problem today. And, and this leads on to a separate piece, which is around the difference between reactive and proactive customer service. Because, as you know, you know, we do a whole piece on proactive and how to be more proactive in, in customer service. Mm. And the only way we can be proactive in customer service is to find the correlations 
of where our products and services are letting our customers down. Yeah, the trends, yeah. the data. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, if, and, and, if, if um, Luke, like I always use the KLM example, don't I, in products of customer service. Yeah, if an organization realizes that the number one complaint over a yearly period was lost baggage, then what is the airline doing yeah. to proactively, right, increase so that experience? lose the baggage. Or absolutely. if they do they don't have to let the customer worry yeah. about the resolution. They're already on it, right? So what you're saying is it's intelligence. It's business intelligence yes, coming in, absolutely. and you should thank them for sure, that because it's going to help you create a better service. Yeah, well, you know, we know businesses that send out customer satisfaction surveys once a year, twice a year, and so forth. And, you know, if you get a, you know, a 6% return on that, that's a really good number. But then what's the quality of that 6%? So actually, if you're in a service center and you're taking customer service calls all day long, Listen to those customers because they are telling you where you can improve your business. Yeah, I wrote a white paper and, and published it on LinkedIn on the power of, of negative feedback. Mm. You know, correlate the data, crunch the numbers, understand where your business is letting your customers down from a genuine perspective, and then do something about it. Yeah, I know it's not that straightforward, but as a principle, it absolutely works. So, so, so customer service advisors, Dave. When when you finish any interaction, you know. So let's go through last. Yeah. You listen with the intent to understand. Yeah. You hold off your own emotion Correct. and understand. No matter how much you want to butt in or justify or answer a question or respond, you need to listen until they have finished speaking. Yeah. Then you've got to apologize. Now, whether this is not this is not a personal apology, nor is it an apology at the minute that you accept any liability. What it's saying is, I, I'm sorry you find yourself in this situation and it's made you feel like this. I understand how you feel and I would feel the same. same. And and then the S is moving towards the solution, but only after we've done the, the, the L and the A. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the integrity around and the commitment around driving the solution to an outcome with the customer is the most important thing. Yeah. And we're going to come on to the service cycle now with the time we've got left on, sure. on, on the solution. And then the T is thank. thank. Thank you for your input. This is invaluable to us and it will help us provide absolutely. a better service going forward. Absolutely. Awesome. Right. Nine minutes left then, Dave. Do you want to go through the cycle? So you touched upon there around the customer service cycle. So when you're in that solution part of last, what's what's the right type of think uh, of steps to take to make sure you stand the best chance of solving yeah, that problem? Absolutely. Okay, absolutely. So I mean I mean this is uh this is one of the other three contributing factors, which is the skill. Yeah. You know, more than more than too frequently. I deal with service advisors that um, either are very poorly trained or display very poor traits and habits. Mm. Because so they, they don't are, have the skill. Because they yeah. don't have the skill yeah. or the other contributing factor, which is care. They just don't care. Mm. The amount of customer service people that I speak to who could not give a toss about me, how I feel, and so forth. And I say, if that's the case, you need to get, job, get a job in sales and customer service. <laughs> Tongue-in-cheek, of course. Yeah, salespeople, don't write in and uh, have a go at us for that. Yeah, we're, we're salespeople yeah. too. So, so in, terms of, in terms of skill, poor training, um, you know, if you are unfortunate to be working in a, a customer-facing environment, whether it's on the phone or face-to-face, and you are not provided with training or it's very infrequent or it might be frequent, but it's quite low quality or whatever else, if, if you just stick to these basic guidelines, you won't go too far wrong. Okay. Okay. So pickup time. I always talk about pickup time being incredibly important in a service environment because, you know, nine, nine customers from 10 are going to be emotionally elevated, you know, to some level or another. The longer they wait to speak to you, the worse they get. Yeah. Nobody ever cools through time. 
they they boil through time. So when I can think of examples, you're already disgruntled and you're 14 minutes on listening to the same music, oh, saying you're number 14 in the queue. Uh, and, and yeah, and all you want to do, your day is now being disrupted. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, you only get warmer and hotter. That's right. By the time they pick up. Correct. So pick up time. Get to that call as, as soon as humanly possible. Absolutely. Don't watch the 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 the, um, the call waiting times go up and up and up because you can't bother to answer it. Yeah. Just pick the phone up. Um, the second part there, uh, the second part after that is is take details on what the query is. Now, as we mentioned when we were talking about last, again, nine customers from ten will be quite happy to tell you what the query is, what their problems are, where the problems lie, where you've let them down, where the company product or service has failed them. What a waste of money it might be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's why we say listen with the intent to understand. So you understand this customer's perspective, this customer's perspective, not what the general consensus of calls might contain. Love it. Make sure you write that down because I've not yet come across anybody who's got a photographic memory who can remember all these details and then regurgitate 100% accurately out of their head. And the next part is to clarify everything. Yeah. Just to make sure I've got this right, Mr. Smith. Once you can do that and you can accurately um, replay the details of the query and their customer details, the customer will start to have a little bit of faith in you as an advisor. Yeah. This person is listening. I might get somewhere which is going to make their emotions slow down a little. And you imagine that. You pick up on time, you let them speak, you write things down so you, there's you nothing... You apologize that they're, that the, they're emotionally the, elevated. There's nothing lost in translation. I then replay back your problem to you and you go, yes. That's exactly where I'm at. Right. Thank you very Happy. much for listening. Yeah. Um, obviously, because you know most customer service people are, are relatively experienced in what they do, and that's great. So as they are listening, they will be starting to plan the solution they'll kind of know what to do next. So again, it comes back to the last scenario where we do start to, to plan the solution, whatever that solution might look like for this customer. Yeah. Can we solve it immediately? Brilliant if we can. If not, and this is the next part of the, of the service cycle, what other considerations do I have? Who else do I need to speak to? What investigation do I need to carry out yeah. to get to the bottom of this situation and scenario? Whether it's speaking to a different department, escalating to your boss, whatever it might be, yeah, I, you've decided that having heard what I've heard, I cannot resolve this here and now on my own. Absolutely. Okay. Communicate what the way forward is. If it's not an immediate solution, communicate what the way forward is. Set expectations, display integrity, call back, send emails, whatever you need to do. Whatever you've promised a customer, you just do it. Mm. And then when it comes to actually presenting the solution, now this is a really integral thing for me. Lots of customer service people tell you what they're going to do. And that's okay. But when I say, do you know what, that can't work for me, it creates a stale environment, which mm. is not progressive. So I guess this is where I've got a slightly different suggestion. It's agree the way forward and the solution with the customer. So it's mutually agreed, like we say in sales, Correct. a mutually agreed plan. A mutually agreed plan. Yeah. So if it involves a delivery or some sort of commitment to the customer, find out when is best for them. Yeah. Rather than just say the lorry comes your way, 
next Blue Tuesday at 9am, you need to be there, otherwise you'll miss it again. Oh, my worst ever. It will be with you between 9am and 5pm. Absolutely. Well, what good is that to so me? the customer says, I've yeah, got to take yeah. a day off work. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got to agree the right way Make sure it's, for this customer yeah. with this solution. It might be a little bit tailored, but this is customer services we're in. Get it. Yeah, and that's the cycle. That's the cycle, yeah. absolutely. And uh, like I said, if, if you don't consider you know the trainer investment in you very highly, if you stick to those basic steps, you won't go too far wrong. So with two minutes left, Dave, I just want you to very quickly just go through them steps again. So number one was pick up. Pick up time is important. Yep. Number Take two. details and, and query. Number two. Uh, number three, clarify everything back to the customer to make sure you've heard them correctly. Yeah. Um. Plan, start to plan the solution and communicate the way forwards yeah. with other considerations. And then the final thing is agree the way forward with the customer. Mutually agreed plan. Awesome. Okay, so they were two of the three that were the fundamentals. We literally have a minute or so left. You know, what was the last one out of interest, Dave? And I know you probably can't do it justice in a, in, in a minute on this hubcast, we'll maybe return. But what was it? What was the, big, the, the third big fundamental? Uh, so there was emotion. Yeah. Number trying one. to take emotion out, out of the situation, deal with the human, then deal with the situation, not the emotion. Yeah. Um, with skill. Care, care. You've got to care about yeah. customers. If you are in a service role and you don't care about customers, to, I guarantee two things are happening. Customers are not happy with the service that you're providing and you won't be happy in your role. Love it. Absolutely. So, and the final thing is skill. Yeah. So emotion, skill, and care. You've got to you know, control your own emotions and not respond to other people's elevated state. Yep. You know, you've got to be mindful of that. You also have to have the right skill and training to follow a service cycle like you described. It's a hard job. It is. You need to so you well need training. training, right? You yes. can't just pick up a script and off you go, right. which is which is many people's onboarding. And thirdly, it was caring. You've got to have a natural trait of empathy. You've got to see and appreciate situations from other people's perspective. And Correct. if you're so, you will be natural within customer service. And if it was you, how would you want to be dealt with? Exactly. Simple, right? With 29 minutes and 30 seconds, Dave, that brings us to the end of this hubcast. I could talk to you all day long, but I think there's some real reminders there. Sometimes, as blatantly obvious as they are, there's some real reminders of what we need to be mindful of within great customer service. Um, so, Dave, thank you very much, and we'll maybe be back with another T2 hubcast in this section shortly, yeah? My pleasure. Thanks, Dave. 